Welcome back, everyone, to Kill Meet and Friends. Matt Schlapp joins us now. I uh, work for President Bush as Deputy Assistant, Political Director, Chairman of the American Conservative Union. Hey, Matt, what do you expect tonight? If there was one person that no one's talking about or that you, you think we should be talking about outside Donald Trump, who should it be? You know, I, I always keep thinking that Carly Fiorina is an awfully unique candidate for a lot of ways, obviously. But the way that's the, the most clear thing is she is the most articulate spokesperson for what conservatives believe in and why Hillary Clinton would be a disaster. Interesting. She'll be in the, the Big Seven at 5 p.m. I think she's been sensational, too. Her book is excellent. Her life story is great. However, why do you think that she even she says she has low, low name ID? Well, she says her name ID is at about 40 percent. And, you know, uh, the, some of these candidates who have run before, Mike Huckabee, Rick Santorum, have higher name ID. John Kasich, because he announced so close to the debate, got a spike in his name ID. And obviously Donald Trump has been a, 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 a TV fixture for decades. So, you know, name ID isn't going to get it done. It's going to take time for these people to be able to explain what they're about and to tell their story. And we got six months to Iowa, Brian, so look for this race to keep changing. In a way, I think so, too. But I also know, Matt, as you know, money comes in when you do well and goes out when you don't. Is there anybody whose candidacy could die tonight? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I don't know. I do think some could wither just because there's with, with 16, 17 candidates, you know, it's going to be hard for them to make their case if there's nothing compelling about them. So some of these candidates are at one or two percent and don't have something compelling about them. Yeah, they could wither away, um, and then I, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pressure on folks like Scott Walker and Marco Rubio. They've been near the top of the polls for a year now, for six months now, and uh, you know, if they have a lackluster uh, performance, I think that could hurt them. But I, I think with so many people on that main stage, ten people, I think what you're mostly going to see is some furtive attempts to explain to voters where they stand. But I don't think we're going to have a lot of standout moments. It's just too hard logistically with 10 people. What do you think that uh, Jeb Bush, why do you think he struggles so much on Monday? He seemed to be kidding into gear somewhat. His numbers seem to be holding steady. But is he is he uh, going to go into these debates as not the strongest debater? You know, Brian, this is a really important thing for Jeb Bush and for these other leading candidates. When issues like Planned Parenthood spike, you know, the strategy had always been stay away from hot-button issues uh, and be more appealing as Republicans, and then we could win. we got to throw away that playbook. we got to step into these controversies. These Planned Parenthood videos have many Americans rethinking their very position on when human life begins. They're really repulsed by it. Even pro-choice people are repulsed by this. This is a moment for the Republicans to step up, and I think Jeb Bush has to step up and say, look, I defunded Planned Parenthood in Florida. I think it's an extreme group that spends all of its money on, on performing abortions, and we don't need to spend taxpayer dollars on that. And I think he needs to take those opportunities. If he steps away from those opportunities, he's going to miss his chance. Well, you know, the problem is, Matt, and he knows it, that uh, 53 percent of the country uh, are for uh, are for uh, Planned Parenthood. And if he goes out and says they got to defund it, he's worried about alienating and only having 47 percent of the people on his side, correct? That's right, except that, you know, Brian, the polls on abortion have shifted by about 20 points over the last 15 years. It's actually a pro-life country. Um, you know, I'll, I'll agree that it's still, uh, it's still an issue that divides us in many ways, so it's not overwhelming. But the country becomes more and more pro-life as they see the life growing in the womb, when they see technology that can give them that window. 
And I think these uh, these videos actually are a great moment to give pro-life testament. And, and, and Jeb Bush was a wonderful pro-life governor of Florida. So I encourage all these candidates, don't back away from these moments. Step into them. Do it with respect. I think right. tone is important. But I think we got to we got to step into them. And I think also these guys have to be able to defend their own record. Donald Trump is all over the place when it comes to assault weapons ban. He was for it. Now he's against it. Uh, he was pro-choice. Now he's pro-life. He gave $20,000 to Democrats. He was a Democrat for a while. Uh, he also was for a single payer. If you're Donald Trump, what do you do with all these discrepancies from within the last 15 years? Have you changed positions? You do what he's been doing so well. You don't spin it. You own it, you accept it, and you say, like a lot of Americans, I've been, you know, I've been confused as to what party, what these parties really stood for, and I've come to the point where I just have my own ideas and I'm expressing them, and I think those ideas are more closely associated with the Republican Party. And by the way, I think there's a lot of Americans out there that aren't as partisan as I am. You know, they're not registered Republicans, but they've seen what Barack Obama has done, and they are scared, they are repulsed, and they want to, they want to win this next election. And if Donald Trump is part of us and wants to accomplish that, I'm for it. Uh, so far, how has his candidacy tripped up the others, do you think? Uh, I think it's tripped him up uh, to, a, to a large degree because he's so, he's so non-traditional, he's so unconventional, right? Brian, you know this, which is, you know, if you were to put all the boxes on a piece of paper that you need to be the nominee, you, you probably wouldn't come up with Donald Trump. You'd probably come up with someone like John Kasich. Uh, but that's why Donald Trump's doing so well. Because he's anti-establishment, he's outside the box, and he's speaking very cleanly and plainly about these issues and using language that people are not used to hearing. He's not spinning, and uh, it's incredibly appealing to people. I mean, for example, Governor Kasich gets on there. He's my dark horse, and I think he's going to be able to say, listen, look at my resume and review it. He'll be in front of a hometown crowd. He's also relatively fresh, been there a couple of weeks. There's very little pressure because he's so new to be high in the polls. However, he's good enough to get on that stage. And when he says I could balance the budget, the follow-up question is, okay, but now you have an $18 trillion debt. What do you do with that? Yeah, and the thing about John Kasich is he'll be able to answer it. Because uh, he's been at this for a long time, he had a, a, a really great record in Congress on these questions. Um, so I think you're—I think it's a fair assumption that to, to consider him the dark horse. But here's the problem: I think you know this. I think you've just stated it, which is the problems we faced in the mid '90s with Bill Clinton um, are so much worse today because we haven't taken care of them. So the debt problem is more than twice as bad, and the uh, and the problem overseas is is metastasizing. And so the problems, you know, we, we, we've got to get it right this cycle. We've got to change course in the policies America is espousing or we're going to be in a lot of trouble. And that's what the, that's the underlying spirit. Any candidate who's going to catch fire has got to tap into. Americans want to see a wholesale change in the way we approach these big issues. They do. And I just say one thing is a guarantee. Chris Christie, uh, Chris Christie attacks Rand Paul and vice versa. And I also think it's a it's a virtual guarantee that Donald Trump's going to be asked about his comments about Jeb Bush and about Governor Walker being uh, essentially a failed governor with when stats look very bad for him. Do you agree? The more they attack Donald Trump, the more time he will get to respond and the more cumulative time he will have. So the real tactical question these candidates have to ask themselves, do they spend time attacking uh, someone who's leading in the polls, or do they spend more time talking about what they would do gotcha. if they had the chance to govern? Match Lab, thanks. Your call's next. It's Kilmeade and Friends on Fox News Talk. 